And welcome inside to another edition of Alex Garrett's Sports Hour. And today, I want to talk about coaching. I want to talk about whether or not a coach should be able to stay in his or her role after making the playoffs. Because what happens if this whole year a team is frustrated, a team's fan base is frustrated, but all of a sudden they make the playoffs? Does the team then have an out to keep the current manager, current coach on the sidelines? Or is there still a valid reason to fire the coach slash manager if the fan base has displeased all year long and then somehow, some way, the team wins the uh, World Series even or the NFL Championship even? So I want to I want to do a little research on that because I think I was inspired yesterday when the Yanks were being one hit by the lowly Twins that even if they're struggling now they get that second wild card or first they could still very well make it to the playoffs beyond the wild card game and then somehow anything's possible. So does making the playoffs this year free Darren Boone from any disciplinary, like any firing? Is that going to be the, okay, well, we made the playoffs, so we're going to keep them? Despite all the frustration the paying fan base has had all year long with him. Same with Rojas. If the Mets somehow squeak out a playoff spot, is he still okay because they made the playoffs? Or will there be changes made? Here in New York, hockey-wise, John Tortorella was fired after his postseason appearance. And by the way, they note that he had made it three or four straight years to the playoffs with Tortorella. But as we see here, Glenn say they fired him because, well, making the playoffs isn't good enough in New York. And I thought... Say they're frustrated fans, but he also understood the fans' frustration. Uh, and let me tell you, when Ali Vigneault came in and made it to the Stanley Cup a couple of years in, it was like, whoa, what a difference, night and day. Of course, Tortorella burned himself with the media here, too. So there's that reminder. With the Yankees, Uh, Casey Stengel making, you know, just Casey Stengel. He was fired in 1960. By the way, I'm getting this research from Complex. It's called A History of Coaches and Managers Who Were Fired After Good Season. So Casey Stengel, you know, number 37. He was fired <coughs> after a 97 and 57 season. Lost in the World Series. And uh, they say the Yankee management believed he was too old to coach. And then, of course, he went over and started the Mets franchise as their manager with his Stangleese in 1962 for, what do they say here? Four seasons. Which kind of set them up for success because, obviously, the Mets' uh, Gil Hodges comes in and they win the World Series in 69. But... He, Casey Stengel, uh, was fired by the Yankees 
1960, after winning quite a few number of World Series and even losing the World Series. Yogi Berra was, and these are a lot of local guys here, Yogi Berra in 1964 was fired after losing to the Cardinals in the World Series. And uh, they mentioned the Phil Lynn's harmonica incident. If you ever remember that one, <coughs> Lynn's was playing the harmonica so loud on the bus, Barron knocked it out of his hand. It was great. And uh, Ralph Houck, who, of course, became, I believe, manager after him, or, or I believe he came in after. Or what, he was manager of the Yankees, let's put it that way. Um, at the time, he was GM. And he didn't want to keep Barra around after 64. So they fired him. And then, of course, he became a coach for the Mets in, uh, after that, including 1969. Oh, this is interesting. Former Met legend Davy Johnson was fired by the Orioles, actually. They, they know his time with the Orioles was fired in 97 after losing in the ALCS, obviously, to the Yankees in 96. And he was even named AL Manager of the Year for that team with the Orioles in 97. But it turned out he was gone. And so sometimes good efforts are, are also uh, fired. Now, where this takes a turn, I believe, is that today it often feels analytics determine coaches and managers. So if they can go along with what the GM wants, what the president of basketball, baseball, hockey operations want, and not really their own style... They're fine. They're good to go. They can be on the bench for eternity. At least that's what it's felt like in New York. Because we know that Aaron Boone, he's trying his hardest. But at the end of the day, he and Rojas seem to be, uh, Luis Rojas of the Mets manager, seem to be told what to do. For instance, who in God's name thinks Edwin Diaz is a solid closer? Who keeps putting him in there? I, if you're a manager of baseball and you see your guy continually blow a game, he cannot be considered a closer, can he? The Yankees cannot, the Mets cannot truly consider Diaz a closer, can they? I think in the eyes of ownership and uh, Alderson slash whoever their GM is now, I have no idea what's going on there. Uh, they think Diaz is the one and they tell Rojas so. Remember, Brody Van Wegenen called Mickey Calloway from the couch to tell him who to put in from his own home while they were in Arizona. So don't be fooled. These guys that can be yes-men are more likely to survive even if they make the playoffs and don't do anything else, even if they frustrate a fan base and don't do anything else. I'll talk about the college coach circuit because, uh, you know, I have a Michigan shirt. And the fact that Harbaugh's been extended five years ticks me off. 
He hasn't beaten Ohio State once. <clears throat> and oh, by the way, they're they're winning a little bit better here this year, but it seems like they have to pull teeth to win. Oh, and 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 if Oregon can beat Ohio State this year in Ohio State, why can't Michigan beat OSU uh, in the coming winter? Doesn't make any sense. And what makes more, what makes no sense at all, is that they've seen him lose year after year against Ohio State, and yet he gets a five-year extension. Someone tell me where this makes sense. Someone tell me where any of that makes any sense at all. I'm waiting for you, Alex at alexgnyc.com. How about um, here? You know, I keep thinking locally in New York, but there's so many different uh, avenues. How about Joe Madden in Chicago? If he had made the playoffs, which I believe he did, the year that everything went downhill, um, that didn't save his job. He was fired, and he had, you know, he went to the Angels. And he's got talent with the Angels. I'm not sure what's going on, because how I remember Joe Madden in Tampa and Chicago was it took a couple of years and boom, they were champions of the AL, well, I should say for the Rays of the American League. Then they got to their first World Series in 20 years. First time ever since becoming an organization that they were in the World Series. So Joe Madden's an interesting case study because he started to run people the wrong way in the clubhouse in Chicago. And his time after winning the World Series, barely winning the World Series, uh, was kind of stained after that. There was contract negotiations in the public. There was public comments made by the players, by him, and even Epstein. It was a mess. And he had to be fired. They, I think that was after they got knocked out by the Brewers in the wildcard game. Then they let him go. So sometimes making the playoffs cannot save you. And I hope that's the case here. I hope that making the playoffs does not save Aaron Boone. Getting to Game 7 of the World Series did not say, uh, of the ALCS in 2017, did not save Joe Girardi here, did it? No. And he was a much more structured manager, it felt like. Then Boone. I know people complained he was too tough, yada, 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 wah, wah, wah. But he was winning. He won a World Series as a Yankee manager. Just two years after, well, just a year after taking the reins, two years after Torrey's final season. And even that, he made the playoffs, Torrey did, but that didn't save him because there was just a rift. And that rift could not be replaced or fixed. And they had to go a different direction. And so I'm hoping as a Yankee fan and as a New York baseball fan that making the playoffs doesn't save Rojas or Boone. But because they're yes men, I feel like it will. And that's going to really tick off the fan base here in New York. That's for sure. Speaking of coaches, I want to let you know that we're going to talk some adaptability in the next hour with... My, uh, <clears throat> well, my former uh, teacher assistant, 
and all-around mentor at Viscardi. Still is, in a different capacity. I consider him more a friend and colleague now than someone uh, to report to, Joe Salonica. Uh, he will join me. He'll talk about the Henry Viscardi School wheelchair basketball program and how um, being a coach there shapes kids' lives in adaptive sports. So you don't want to miss that. You do not want to miss that. And as I mentioned before, adaptability is certainly something I'd like to focus on. Those who don't know, I rollerbladed around New York City on one leg, and I play sports with one leg. It's pretty fun. Baseball, football, I can do that. Basketball. And um, so I like to talk adaptability and how people with disabilities can play sports, shouldn't be afraid to play sports. We have to be inclusive. This show I want to be inclusive on the show, but as a society, we have to be inclusive and talk about the adaptability, or we're not going to get everybody involved in sports. So I've got outlets where we are having those inclusivities, uh, and I want to talk about that today with Joe Salonica. And he'll talk about being a coach, too, of a winter basketball program and how he modeled it after the 90s Chicago Bulls program. With Phil Jackson, you know, I, I was inspired when I wa- listened, well, when I watched The Last Dance. Now, Phil Jackson's a coach that tremendous, both with Chicago and L.A. And for many people who want to say his GM career here sucked, I got news for you. Before he left, he put in Kristaps Porzingis. He drafted that guy. And that guy became a star with the Knicks. Remember, he was booed mercilessly, both uh, Chris Stapps and Jackson, at that draft. But he became an all-star. And if he didn't mess up his back, he would have been an even better player here. But he did. Then he went to Dallas. And uh, he's had his troubles there. And he's had some success. But, you know, he's, he's, he's had some issues off the feet, off the court. But Phil Jackson did have that success there. But his flaw here in New York City was he tried to get his former player, David Fisher, to implement the triangle offense. And Fisher implemented it terribly. Turned out he was involved with a love triangle rather than an actual triangle offensive scheme to win here in New York as a Nick coach. And, of course, he had to go. They didn't even make the playoffs with him. He had to go. But I credit Jackson with that. I, I credit Jackson for being a mastermind for the Bulls that had a Pippen, <clears throat> I don't know, Michael Jordan, a Dennis Rodman, a Kukoc, a Steve Kerr. I mean, these guys were legends. And um, he managed them all the best he could, I think. But obviously, time runs out. He was gone. After the quote-unquote last dance. And then he built more success with the Lakers. With Shaq and Kobe. And he should be a basketball coach people look to. And a basketball mind people continue to look to. But yes, even winning a championship couldn't save Phil Jackson. Because there was just, it was time. It was time to move on. And you know, Boone... Had a 2019 appearance in the ALCS. 
But this year, Aaron Boone, I don't know. It looks like the players are lackluster, and I'm not sure why. Because these guys are getting paid to play, but they're playing like crap. They're making errors in the outfield. <clears throat> You're out. They're out. You know, or infield too. They're getting one hit by the Twins, then finally come back to win. Yesterday, 6-5, to five, Sanchez actually getting a big hit. Maybe that'll turn things around. But overall, the air of the Yankees is just so, so rough to watch right now. And I know the fan base will not be happy if he continues to be the manager in 2022. And then there's this, you know, I'm going to get into this in the next segment. This air of, do the owners even care? Do the owners even care what their fan base is saying? I think some do. I think some don't. I'll break that down for you next on Can You Dig It Sports and the Sports Hour with Alex Garrett. Partner with Alex Garrett Podcasting. Talk to you in just a minute after this.